0: Welcome to Evangelism on Fire podcast. My name is Mark Thomas, an ordained pastor, a teacher of the best-selling book of all time, your host, and most importantly, your evangelism coach. And each week, I bring you an on-fire message to empower and coach you to live the most exciting life God has created you to live by actively sharing your faith in Jesus with God others. I'm so thankful for our time together today. It's an honor spending time with you, Evangelism on Fire Nation. This podcast will truly inspire you, and I believe it will inspire so many people that you know. And if you're inspired and feeling moved to share this, then please message some friends. Post this on social media and let people know about this episode so we can get this message out there more. I appreciate you and everyone listening right now. And a quick reminder, please subscribe to Evangelism on Fire over on Apple Podcast right now and leave us a review at the end of this episode of the part that you were inspired by the most and spread the message of Evangelism on Fire forward.
1: I'm Jerry Howard with E4 Leadership & Business Coaching. Have you ever wondered why you can't get close to your employees or they'll start slacking off? Have you ever wondered why people just won't do their job? Well, at E4 Leadership & Business Coaching, we are change agents. We drive culture shifts by implementing a language of leadership that bridges the gap between carpet people, also known as leadership, and where the rubber meets the road. If you got interest in speaking with us, Check out our website at Ephesians4U.com. That's Ephesians, like in the Bible, the number four, the letter U, I look forward to speaking with you.
0: Welcome, Evangelism on Fire Nation. This is your host and your evangelism coach, Mark Thomas, and I am just so excited. This is our 100th episode. Did you hear that, guys? Episode 100. And I have the guest of my dreams on with us today. I've been wanting him to be on this podcast before this podcast ever launched. So I thought to myself, episode 100, who better than Pastor Kevin Bordeaux. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Man, I'm glad to be here. It's an honor to be on episode 100 with the boom.
0: (laughs) That's right, Episode 100 with a boom. I got to tell you, it's an honor to have you here. I don't know if you know this or not. Evangelism on Fire Nation, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You don't know how responsible you are, Kevin, for Evangelism on Fire podcast. And here's the reason I say that, because I've never heard of what a podcast was until I came to Thrive Church and you started giving me a podcast to listen to as part of my mentoring. So you told me, hey, I want you to listen to this podcast. I don't remember which one it was. And I said, yeah, no problem. And I went to go Google, what is a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So I had to Google what a podcast was, and then I had to find out how to listen to a podcast. So I know you guys are laughing out there, but that's how much influence you have on people. And you, 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 you didn't even know that, did you? Had
1: no clue. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) So Evangelism on Fire Nation, if it weren't for Kevin Bordeaux, I would never have a podcast. So you know what? Go ahead and just thank him right now. (laughs) (laughs) So Kevin, introduce yourself to our audience.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm Kevin, as has been established. I'm the pastor of Thrive Church, and uh, Mark and I serve Together at Thrive, and it's been a joy. of been together. It'll be June, will be eight years. We've been serving together over eight years as uh, friends. And uh, just I met Mark, and most people know this story, but if you don't, I met Mark in a, I was, uh, in a bathroom. I was preaching at another church, and Mark walked up and said, Hey, and, and actually introduced himself and gave me an elbow bump in the bathroom. <laughs> Men don't talk to each other in bathrooms. However, Mark Thomas. The outgoing person he is talked to me, which started that relationship, was one elbow bump in a bathroom. So I say this all the time, Mark. You have no clue what one elbow bump in a bathroom (laughs) can do for your life.
0: (laughs) All right. That's what I'm talking about. So, hey... Let's get right to it. Can you share with our audience how you came to faith in Jesus Christ?
1: Yeah, man. And and I'll, I'll give you the synopsis, not the in Genesis chapter one, when God created the heaven and the earth story. But yeah, so I, I kind of grew up in a Christian background. I had like, my one grandmother was Methodist and the other grandmother was what they call Pentecostal free will Baptist. So one Sunday I would be over at I mean, you know, one grandma's church, it was very liturgical and it was stained glass and it was all that. And the other one was pretty crazy, as far as like you know, the church service. At about nine years old, my dad gave me the opportunity. He said, Do you want to go to church or stay home and watch football? I said, I'd rather stay home and watch football. And at nine years old, I made that decision and I didn't go back to church anymore again until I was like 18. I went to get a Bible because they, when you graduate in the South, you, you know, they give you a Bible when you graduate at church. I showed up late. Almost missed it. Come walking right in as they were giving the Bibles out. It was a King James Bible they gave me. I sat there and uh, and I left. But from 16 to about 19, Mark, I just went haywire. I was I didn't touch alcohol or drugs till I was uh, 16 years old. I was pretty. Uh, I was very influenced by David Robinson, the Admiral, of the San Antonio Spurs, and, and you know he was a Christian. I didn't know that, but he didn't touch alcohol or drugs and had a very big testimony on that. So I didn't. But from 16 to 19, I went crazy doing. I was a pleasure seeker. Like well, you know, were you an addict? I was just addicted to pleasure. So um, I never had to go to you know, AA or things like that. But whatever you gave me, I would do it. And so, it, but, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. People say marijuana is not a gateway drug. I totally disagree. Every one of my friends who used it, it was a gateway. Because pleasure, that always leads to wanting more pleasure. Mm-hmm. You can never, you're always looking for that first high. So I kept going and going. Well, around um, 19 years old, things began to change. My best friend gave his life to Christ. He went to a youth camp. Came back and he was a totally transformed individual. He didn't want to party or do drugs, and he just said he gave his life to Jesus. I didn't know what that meant at all. I just knew he was different. So the the fall of 1998, one of our friends died. He was an older guy. We used to hang out at his house. He was in his 30s. We were you know 19 or 20. He'd let us all come over and just do drugs. He was a big radio voice in our small community, and he uh, he died of an aneurysm. And my friend Eric and I were hanging out, and uh, there's a couple of hinge points, Eric. Was there at Wendy's with me, and I told Eric, if Andy didn't get to heaven, no one did. Eric looked at me. He said, Well, if Andy didn't repent of his sins and give his life to Jesus, he didn't go to heaven because he was an enemy by the wicked works of his mind. And I was really upset that Eric would say that. I wanted to punch him in his mouth. That night, we continued to skateboard, went to a church, and man, my skateboard broke, and lo and behold, a guy put up on a motorcycle. He was a youth pastor at that church. Uh, his name was was Jonathan. I'd known him since I was a kid. My parents, his parents were good friends. His parents had, had went to my grandmother's church for years. So Jonathan pulls out the old Romans Road on me in the mm-hmm. Vangeload Explosion, where it's like, hey, if you die tonight, you know, you've spend eternity. And I was like, ah, I don't want to get into all that right now, you know. So keep moving forward. One more thing really impacted me, and then I'll get to my salvation experience. I was in a bathroom at ECU. I'd been smoking dope all night, was coughing up phlegm. And, uh, you know, he was trying to be super cool. And this guy was in there. He asked me, was I was like, OK, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I said, man, I, I smoked 15 blunts last night. I thought I'd impress him. He said, hey, man, he said, you know, Jesus loves you and wants to save you. And it just took me by, by surprise at East Carolina University, he would say that. And I said, well, yeah, man, maybe one day I'll do that. My friend did that and, you know, I'll, I'll get cleaned up and do it. He said, no, come as you are. Jesus can clean you up. You just got to do it by faith. And this guy walks out of the bathroom, and I just felt strange. Now I know it was the anointing. Now I know it was the Holy Spirit in there. It, that was 1998, the fall of 98. I got kicked out of ECU. I come home. It was February the 26th. I'm hanging out at my best friend's house that night. We are, we've been doing acid and smoking pot and drinking. I've always done. It was nothing new to me. Um, I went outside earlier during the party, Mark, and I asked, the, I asked God. I said, if you're real, will you just reveal yourself to me? Just Just, just show me, please. I get in the car. We ride down to you know these little back trails in Wilmington, North Carolina, on Oleander Drive, down to my, my buddy's little house that they're at. It's three o'clock in the morning. We're drinking. We're talking. Talking about what we're going to do for the future. And I said, I don't know, man. I, I may get saved. And they say get saved. Why are they cussing at me? It's it's two of my best friends. Are twins, and we played in the band together, and we're a rock and roll band. And so, at any rate, as we're talking, Mark, everything went black, pitch black, and I felt like I was in eternity. And it scared me. Like, like I came back to and I was white as a ghost. I started shaking. I told my guy, my, my buddies, I said, I just had a bad trip. I said, man, I had a bad trip. I said, well, you know, oh, no, no. They looked at me and they were white as ghosts, too. And they said, man, that wasn't a trip, man. Something just did that to us. I said, man, I think it was God. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. They, they hated the idea of God. Mm-hmm. long story short, man, great conviction fell over me. I gave them volumes. So we could just try to pass out and not think about what happened. It was very intense. That Saturday night, I'm at a party and I, I'm going to share this in a sermon coming up, this story, but we're at a party and Highway to Hell comes on and we're all partying. And, well, they're all partying. I, I had a beer, wasn't drinking much of it, just kind of trying to fit into that point. I was still still in shock. I mean, one of the guys like, yeah, man, we're on the highway to hell. I can't wait to party in hell. And I said, man, I'm going to heaven. And I said that at this party full of atheists and agnostics. They looked at me like I was crazy. They started cussing at me and laughing at me. That Sunday I was driving home. As I drove by churches, you know, I had leopard print hair and piercings and skateboarded. And I knew those churches wouldn't accept me. And I was just like, God, I wish I could go to a church. I got home, I opened that King James Bible up. That's why I shared that story. And just started reading the red, red words of Jesus. I didn't even want to smoke cigarettes, man. That's how convicted I was. Mm. And I was addicted to cigarettes. Wow. That Monday night, I went to a youth service with my friends that skateboarded. They didn't follow Jesus. They always went to try to you know connect with girls and, and meet girls. And so that was like the the you know the more the uppity church. And we went there. That night, a man with cerebral palsy named David Green was preaching via DVD on the big screen. Number one, I saw contemporary worship for the first time ever in 1999. I saw students lifting their hands to Jesus. I still... They were singing the song, I Exalt Thee. I met the guy who wrote that in Colorado Springs recently, which is so cool because that's the first song I saw them. I didn't know what exalt meant, but they were lifting their hands. I knew how had to do something with God. And that night he preached that message and his message was this. He says, I have cerebral palsy and I'm serving Jesus. What's your excuse? Damn. And, um, yeah, and, and man, that night I went up and gave my life to Jesus. And that was my experience, radically transformed in a small town. And um that was kind of you know how how I got led to the Lord.
0: Yeah. So what small town did that happen in?
1: Uh, Clinton, North Carolina.
0: Clinton, North Carolina.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's that's near, to- near 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 Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah.
0: So that that that's your hometown.
1: Yep. Well, Turkey is, nobody knows Turkey, but Turkey is the, you know, the town of, of 200 or whatever that I grew up in just outside of Clinton.
0: Yeah, I remember the first, the launch of Thrive Church, Richmond City Campus, that very first service. I remember someone, this man from Turkey and his wife attended service that Sunday. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah. The the, the Howards, I think. Yeah, the Howards. Oh, wow. You remember yeah. their name. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: I'll drop that. How Listen, cool, Mark
1: there's, Mark, there's 200 people in Turkey. I mean, there's not been so many to remember and you grew up there your whole life, right? So did you yeah. know, did you know them? I remember, I slightly remembered them. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, they were like third cousins or something. So I think everybody oh, wow. was cousins in that town. So yeah, we were all like connected some way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I
0: just thought that was like so cool. So you shared with us what your life was like before you met Jesus. How did your life change after you became a follower of Jesus?
1: It was one of those radical conversions, man. I just really dug into the Lord. I I began to just attend church every time the doors were open, reading the Bible nonstop. I lost every friend that I had, and I had to kind of, you know, the the guys at church were different than I was. The one connection was there was a couple bands at church, so music was was a was a was a real good key. But the people that church really, you know, were were good to me. But man, and a lot of there was a lot of men there that discipled me and and poured into me. That was extremely different. I mean, I look way different than anybody at that church, and. So I just dug into Jesus, man, 100%. Played, you know, started playing Jesus music, punk rock music. I didn't know, um, I had no idea Christian music existed. So I just started writing songs from the, you know, with, with lyrics and scripture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said. You just dug into Jesus 100%. For our listeners that are listening right now and they're straddling the fence, they're not all in with Jesus. If they're thinking about it. They know that they should be totally committed. What would you tell them about going? After Jesus and and just devoting their life to Jesus hundred percent. What would you say to them?
1: Well, one of the reasons people aren't all in and aren't pursuing Jesus is they don't realize number one that he that he, he pursued them. Mm. The reason that I gave my life to Christ is because he gave his life for me, and you know, and he pursued me. So I, I mean, I, I was bought, you know, with his blood. And he he gave up everything for me, so I will give up everything for him. A lot of people don't realize that, and they grow up in Christian homes, they grow up kind of in church, and they and they become what I call inoculated to Christianity, where where it just doesn't have an effect on them anymore. Uh, it just doesn't have the same effect. They, they're kind of just nominal. They don't read scripture. They don't dig into prayer. Uh, sharing their faith isn't something they've ever done or really want to do. Serving, tithing, giving, it's just not, not part of it because they're inoculated, and they don't have the realization, man, that—because, I mean, Mark— Just like you and your story, I I had nothing, and I would have been nowhere, probably dead right now at this point Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the Lord. So like Peter said, where else do I go? What else do I do? Yeah,
0: yeah, and I I, I totally agree with you with that. And you know what? I think you mentioned Jonathan just a moment ago. Now, I've heard some, some amazing God stories of how you turn your town upside down, reaching people with the gospel. You know, after you made the decision to follow Jesus, all right. So, was that Jonathan that I met that shared that with me?
1: Yes, yep, Jonathan Hill. Uh, it, that that's the guy that, that tried to put, that pulled out evangelism explosion on me uh, yeah. that night, and I totally rejected him. And you know, then he was, but he was a youth pastor of that church at the time. Yeah, and so I mean, he was only a couple of years older older than me. It's, you know, and we're and we're still good friends to this day. So yeah, that's the same Jonathan.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'll never forget meeting him for the first time, and you know, he said, "You're Mark from Thrive Church." I said, "Yes." And I said, Pastor Kevin Bordeaux, that's our lead pastor. He said, man, let me tell you something about that guy. (laughs) And you know what? Kevin had never shared this with me, and he doesn't talk about it because he's modest. But guess what? I want the world to hear this story. Pastor Jonathan told me that Kevin Bordeaux turned our town upside down, and he would go to everyone sharing the gospel. So give us a couple of details about that, because that really just gets me fired up.
1: Yeah, well, well number one, I, I think is the guys who are already around me, like the skateboard kids who went to go that went to go look at girls and try to meet girls at the church. You know, first of all, that's my first mission field with my friends. And I heavily influenced them, and many of them gave their life to Christ. Some still aren't following Jesus anymore, but there's still good relationships with all those guys in a great respect. And then number two, so I did that, and then at my job. So I didn't have a ministry platform. I didn't go preach in a pulpit. I didn't want to go preach. A lot of people you just want to go on stage and preach to people. My job became my mission field too, Mark, where I, I remember walking up one day over the little bridge, the concrete company there in Clinton, and uh, I was a front-end loader driver to make a lot of money. And the Lord told me, he said, this is your mission field. This is your church. Your life is your sermon. They will respond to me based on how well you can live your life in front of them. And so, man, I use that as my mission field. I actually fasted and prayed once a week for all those men on a concrete floor in the bathroom. I would get on my hands and knees during lunch, and I would call out for their souls. Uh, we would also go out, too. I learned Evangelism Explosion, which, you know, remember that back in the day? And yeah. my friend and I would just skateboard around town, Eric, you know, because I got saved. and Eric was saved, and he discipled me. And we'd skateboard around town, and anybody we ran into, man, we'd just share the gospel with them. And that was kind of our MO. We just, so there was relational evangelism, there was workplace evangelism, and then there's what I call, you know, your cold turkey evangelism. You just got to meet people cold turkey and do it.
0: That's right, brother. Yeah. Cold turkey evangelism in Turkey, North Carolina. That's (laughs) right. I love that. I love that. And you know what? That's one of our values that you you teach us at Thrive Church is mission. Yeah. We're to live on mission everywhere we go. Cold turkey evangelism. You know, I love that. That's right. I love that. And I love your heart. And that's one of the reasons I'm so drawn to you as a brother in Christ, but especially as my lead pastor. So you know what, when, when it comes to evangelizing the gospel, there are different types of unchurched people. Mm-hmm. And I don't touch on that as much as I should on Evangelism on Fire podcast. And you and I were spe- speaking about this several weeks ago, and I've done some research. I was going to teach it on an episode. Then I thought to myself, you know what? I don't even come close to teaching this as thoroughly as you do. So I thought it would be a great time for you to teach about the different types of unchurched people for our audience.
1: Yeah, definitely. man. I'd love to. Um, Number one, we have to keep, this is kind of the scripture is that one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. So whenever like, you know, which I love when you post online that you lead somebody to Jesus, that's closing the deal, right? However, what we don't usually see is all the people who planted and watered because you know those people were ready, like their hearts were ready. And so there's a sliding scale of people of their readiness. How ready are they to accept Christ and follow Christ? Uh, so what, what it is, it's five levels. I call it unchurched you, unchurched you five, you four, you three, you two, you one. There's five levels of unchurched people. What we have to realize is is U5 is somebody who is super far away from God. They are antagonistic against Christ. They don't want Christ. They're an atheist. That's where I was at in the punk rock scene. Man, one guy had a guitar strap, and the guitar strap said eternal life would suck. He was not ready. I mean, you know, the sinner's prayer would not work on him at all, right? (laughs) And so there's no closing the deal then says you five people you four people are usually agnostic they're not quite atheists they they believe there's something out there they probably believe in coexistence of all religions or usually into philosophy they're not antagonistic toward christianity they just think it's one of the many religions of the world and there's a lot of circular arguments and reasoning when you talk to these guys it's a lot of deep dives you got to do a lot of listening to their philosophy there, you know, with the atheist, with the U5 person, when you, when you talk to them about Christ, just be ready to get beat up. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're coming at you with, with a, a shotgun, right? <laughs> and, and so you just got to get ready to get hit between the eyes. They know every argument. The U4 person is not going to hit you with a shotgun. They're more uh, the person that wants to discuss. They want to listen. They're not closed off, but they're also not open to it. And so it's usually a discussion. A U3 person is somebody who's been really hurt by church. Uh, they were really hurt by a pastor. They went through a tough time in life. They felt God didn't come through. They probably were once a believer, or at best, they at least believed in God, even though they didn't follow Jesus. And so they have a lot of obstacles emotionally and experientially with the gospel and with, with church. They have a lot of hurt. They have a lot of pain. So uh, you three, you're going to be a counselor to that person. You're trying to help them through that, that pain. They're not ready to come back to faith quite yet, but they're not they're not closed off to it. They're actually open to the idea of Jesus. And that Jesus, you know, probably is the Lord, right, of everything. So that's the U three. The U two person is somebody who is very close to accepting Christ and very close to coming to church. They probably did have a little bit of hurt, got out of a habit. They had a hiccup along the way. Well, they needs a jolt. Just somebody to come alongside of them and kind of just bring the boom out to them, share with them. And you may, and sometimes because here's the thing, you can only get one person from one level to the next. You can't, there's no way you move a U5 to a U1 in two conversations. That's years and years and years of sowing and sowing and watering. The U2, the seeds have been planted, they've been watered, and you make and move them to a U1 where they're really ready for the gospel. With the next conversation, they're super close to it. Like when Jonathan, when I told him, I, I you know, thanks to you know, the evangelism explosion, I was like, I'm just not ready yet in 1998. I was a U2 at that point. I'd been moved through the ranks to the U2. The U1 person, They are ready and just waiting for someone to come up to them and to share the boom with them. They're ready for somebody to come up and drop evangelism explosion on them, which, and again, you can kind of close the deal quick. They're ready to come back to church. They're just, you know, they're, they're ready for all that, but it's a readiness scale. How ready are they? How far from the gospel are they? Because we're in a society, Mark, where not everybody believes the Bible. You can't just walk up to anybody and and say, Hey, look, you know, Romans says this, you know, that. We were all yet still sinners, where Christ you know died for us all They don't even believe the Bible. Right. So you, the starting point is not the Bible for them. The U1s and U2s and maybe, maybe even some U3s it can be. but man, right now our, our country and the world are full of U5, U4 and U3s. Um, I had somebody the other day say this. They said, well, if I was a little bit more like Mark Thomas, I probably would have led that person to Jesus. I said, but I said they're they're not at that point yet. That person's not I said, they don't even know the difference between Christmas and Easter. I mean, they, they, they thought Nativity may maybe been an Easter. I said they're really far from God in their understanding. So you're discipling them to get them ready for salvation. And they're yeah. like, oh, I didn't think about that. I was like, yeah. And so that's kind of the, the U5 through, through, through U1. Uh, any questions you have about the man or anything I can clarify about that?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, you just did magnificent job just breaking that down, you know, the different types of, uh, of unchurched people. I would— Well, let me ask you this first. Now, I want to thank you again for coming on episode 100. Woo, 100. It's an honor and a privilege to have you. So, hey, would you be willing to come back for another episode? Yeah, I sure would, man. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so that was my first question. My next question people are hearing the different types of unchurched people. I mean, you just broke it down, I mean, thoroughly. So, they have an understanding that they've never heard before. So, they have a desire, they have a passion to go out and, with this better understanding, they're more prepared to go out and witness to others, to share the gospel message with others, to share the boom with others. So, would you say a prayer for all of our listeners who have that desire to, with the new knowledge that they're finding out? on today's episode to go out and, and and share the gospel message with her family and friends. Would you that, would, you that pray- would
1: be my honor man to do that. Let's let's pray. Father, we just come to you right now, Lord, in our circles and people that we will will come in contact with. They're at many different levels. Give us the wisdom, give us the sensitivity to your spirit to know where they're at and what they need, Lord. Father, uh, fill our words uh, or fill our heart with your words and our mouth with your words, Lord, to know exactly what to say at the right time. And I pray this, Lord, that we, we pay attention to cues. When somebody cues it up and says, I'm struggling and I'm hurting, that a door is open for the gospel. Lord, I pray that this podcast would bear fruit for your kingdom, fruit that remains. And I pray for open doors for the gospel and for any of these types of people they come in contact with and give us the boldness to share at whatever level they're at. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for your
0: time with me today. It's been an amazing time. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey of sharing your faith in Jesus with others. Make sure to check out the show notes for a description of today's show along with other details. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcast as well. I really appreciate feedback, Evangelism on Fire Nation, so share a review on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one has told you lately, God loves you, I love you, you matter, and you have divine purpose. Now it's time to go out there and share the boom, the gospel message with others. Make sure to join me for our next episode.